0: Landline radio, landline radio, high energy, no filter, oh yeah. Hey, back here in studio with uh, Representative Calvin Troggy How you doing? Doing pretty well. Glad we uh, got this working this time. <laughs> so it's our third <laughs> attempt here. So I have this uh, software I'm using and it was like recording and then it wasn't, it looked different and I was getting nervous and then I, we tried the second restart and then it wasn't recording. So I think now we're, I mean, we're... We're seeing uh, audio uh, rocking and rolling. Re- there we go. So <laughs> glad to be back. We were talking about doing this podcast for a while. And yeah. last year, I was up until I got the office. I was doing kind of remote in people's offices, and it was kind of like it's much easier here in the little Juno Landmine
1: Studio. So warm, cozy, right next to the Capitol. Uh, nice setup. This, this is cool. This Very is close. Cool. And you
0: said that. The exact same way you said of the first recording, which I love. trying to be consistent. That's <laughs> good. So a lot to talk about. I think we've got to kind of do a little bit of a debrief here. We, we've never really sat, we've actually really never sat down nope. and, and talked about the 2020 campaign, which we were kind of on the opposite sides of. So I want to talk about that. But also, you know, it's your first term, so second session. And, you know, we've seen kind of a, a big change last year from the discussions on the budget, and the dividend, and now we're, you know, it's, March 8th. I think we're at 120 oil. So yeah. um, First, let's talk about kind of um, why you decided to run. I mean, you kind of came out hot and um, you, you know, you, you ran hard, a big campaign and uh, it was COVID too, which made it more, even more difficult than, you know, normal kind of years
1: yeah well Well. not at first I mean COVID wasn't until we were a little ways into it but uh because you filed in 19 right yeah I, yeah I filed you know that actually kind of ties in with the APOC bill I'm running right now on contribution limits uh you know as you, as you go back most most people that run for office for the first time don't don't file a in the off year. yeah 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 so most most people that uh decide to run for the run for office the first time don't file the year before and so they're kind of limited on the contributions but no I I filed really early um you know honestly I never thought that I would run. Uh, I'd never seen it in my future. Um, but I'm, I'm a lifelong Alaskan. I have the odd experience of growing up in the district that I now represent, but, um, you're and your dad,
0: um, a little political. He's the fire chief, but yeah. before that he was a firefighter. So I think your whole f- kind of family, isn't Aren't they like a firefighting?
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I grew up uh, in the district district. I now represent my dad, uh, firefighter with the Anchorage fire department. And so he worked through the ranks. Um, and then, uh, uh, was deputy chief of the Anchorage fire department ended up going up to Fairbanks to lead the uh, student fire department at the university and uh, did that for about a decade and then came back uh, to take the chief position at the Anchorage fire department. So, um, long history of public service in my family. Um, mom was a nurse and, um, uh, was there to, you know, help us grow up and provide a lot of life lessons. And, um, just, I've, I've got fantastic parents, but I mean, back to your, your original question. I mean, I, I, um, you know, I'm a lifelong Alaskan. Uh, the reason I decided to run is I just was so frustrated with the cuts we were seeing back in 2019. Um, just really uh, very deep cuts that I thought were ill-thought-out. And uh, quite frankly, at the time, my my representative, I, I didn't think they were uh, standing up for Alaskans and, and those institutions and services that I think we all depend on. And, and at first it was REVAC. It was REVAC at first, yeah. Yeah, which uh, we, we can <laughs> talk about which, which, that which, which I was a,
0: <laughs> I'll, So I'll tell you a funny story. So this is like an aside, but... So I I did the REVAC independent expenditure in 18 um, that Mel Gillis, who later became the rep, had kind of funded. Um, And then anyway, since then, you know, I had this lawsuit a year and a half ago with the governor and on press access. And my lawyers said, um, pretty much like, not exactly like this, but Hey fucko, stop doing like, okay, if we're going to do this thing, you got to stop doing like campaigns. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm done with the campaigns, but at the time for a while, I was kind kind of, um, what's the word, inter, inter, interloper a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, you you were tied into it all, a little bit implicated, no. <laughs> so
0: I, we, we actually met, I forgot about this, we, didn't we meet, um, we had coffee?
1: Yeah, we did, A couple did, of years, like, um, yeah. at mm-hmm. Steam Dot.
0: Yep, that's right. And that must have been, I think it was like summer 19. I think you just had, Thought about filing? It, it, it would have or...
1: been fall. It would have been fall because it, it was right when all the the major uh, you know protests were going on in Anchorage mm-hmm. and the university and everything. There was no snow on no the ground. No yet. snow yet. I mean that that's what you know really had me frustrated. Uh, you know we were seeing just terrible stories in the news every single day about you know people walking around with no teeth because dental appointments were being you know canceled and the university was just cutting. You know we, we were seeing major cuts to the university. I, I just felt like everything was in the wrong direction. I was pissed off as an Alaskan. I was just really frustrated, and uh, my wife gets a little frustrated because I. I I don't get uh, emotional enough. I'm just logical. I think think, think through problems, and uh, she, she, I, I was complaining in bed, just ranting about the state of our state, the future uh, that we were headed towards, and she said, "You need to do something about it." Applied some of my own medicine to me. Um, shut up. Do something about it. Doesn't do any good to complain. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, frankly, I said, "Well, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I'm I'm not yet even, you know 30. Um, I don't have that long of a storied career. Uh, who am I to run for office?" and um, she said, Well, you think the current person's doing a good job? And um, frankly, I, at the time, I thought the answer was no. And Revac, uh, well, you know, early on, was
0: hooked up with some of the kind of
1: well, he, uh, he's, real, he's, real conservative. He's, he's funny how he's gone in the Senate now. He's
0: totally kind of, I'd say, moderated maybe, or he's kind of changed how he was, you know, two years, three years ago. Well, I, All I'll say on that is I'm, I'm really pleased with how great it's been working with him this last uh, and year. He's, and he's a half. your senator now. So it's yeah. funny. You kind of ran against him, but then you did because exactly. he got yeah. to the Senate. So you were for a while kind of running against him, but then. You know, he went to the Senate after after Chris Birch, you know, passed away. Um,
1: unfortunately, it, it's been great working with him. So, you know, uh, it, it's a strange story going from running against the guy to uh, not actually ended up running against him, and and now I get to serve with him, and uh, it's uh, it's it's quite the experience. He's, he's doing a good job for our district, and we we have a good working relationship, and uh, it's been great. So, yeah, it's so. So you're running
0: against Revac, and then the uh-huh. Chris Birch thing happens, and then they have to. It took a while, you know. Yeah. There was the Laddie Shaw, te- you know, thing, yeah. and then they put Revac and I, I was like, shocked actually when the governor. I wasn't sure he was gonna, gonna, he was gonna get confirmed, yeah, and he did. Um, and then that brought in, which kind of, sh- I'll be honest, shocked me when he put in Mel
1: Gill, because, <laughs> you know, I don't know how well you know Mel if you've. Met him or talked to him Yeah, We've had a couple talks and I called him after the election and we got together and and shared a beer. So it was good, but but, uh, but, yeah.
0: And he's like a total, I mean, he's like an old hunter guy, you know, guy. He's the real deal. He's like the real (laughs) deal. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so he gets in there and, you know, I mean, I think by by all accounts, I mean, he was thrust into something he had really never, you know, his whole background was so different than that. Yeah. Um, And hunting and kind of, I mean, he was involved in, I think game, politics and you know hunting politics yeah. but um so then the COVID happens and then mel wanted to run so i you know and i decided i wanted to help him and then it got kind of i mean it got kind of weird I got, that campaign got weird <laughs> uh, I i made it a little bit we, we made it a little bit weird with the well the cartoon mailer i think that's probably the, the, <laughs> the first strike or
1: you know it was a lot of fun uh running uh the whole campaign was a lot of fun. It got a little weird with COVID. I think that changed things for everyone dealing with zoom and all that. But, uh, yeah, no, that was it. That was a fun mailer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, you please stop- <laughs> tell me, please tell me you have, like, a- <laughs> I said, you should stop by my office because, uh, so Chris constant, uh, he's my uncle-in-law, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. And, uh, he, um, he, he edited it up to have a bunch of positive quotes and like, you'll do a great job in Juneau and had everyone sign it. So that's yeah, framed, think, that's framed
0: in my office. You'll have to
1: stop by. I'll just stop by. <laughs> I think I
0: saw that on, on, on Twitter, Twitter or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the race was so kind of crazy because there was COVID mm-hmm. and then there was, you know, there, a lot of people were doing absentee or, you know, the, the mail votes, but then, you know, compared to before where a lot of early voting or, you mm-hmm. know, at, day of, but I mean, the turnout was just super high. Yeah. And for that district, we remember look, we were looking at it, thinking based on like the previous Revac and Charisse races, uh, we figured Mel needed thirty nine hundred votes to win, and I think he got forty two hundred. Mm-hmm. You got forty five. I mean, you got you got I think three forty four or something like that. Forty. So it was a huge turnout. I mean, mm-hmm. so when you were doing it, did you? Because you, you, had, you had raised money and you, and you had support. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you feel like how did you feel? I mean, it's hard to gauge these things because pulling like a small race is really difficult difficult.
1: Yeah. I mean, it felt great. Uh, frankly, I mean, it was a hail Mary for me. I, again, I never thought I was going to run for office. I was just got a whim in me, a spark in me and, uh, saw it through. So, I I mean, I was just having a lot of fun. It was win or lose. I, I just felt I could run an honest campaign because again, I, I thought it was a long shot. I mean, I, 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 I never thought I'd run. I never thought I had this future in me. So I I, I was just going for something. I, I had no idea what to expect, and I figured I'd just have fun, be honest on the campaign. People told me not to talk about taxes. I talked to taxes, had great convers talked about uh, taxes, and had great uh, that, conversations. That, I mean, it was that's kind of when I when I thought man, I was like maybe we we
0: we got you and yeah. during the weird debate. Remember the running debate? That was
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I haven't been shy about the uh, the fact that I I think we should have a broad based tax. I I knew I was onto something when I talked to three Republican doors in a row in my district, and all three of them said we we should return to an income tax. Um, I, I was blown away. So do you, you know, still I, think that's the case? I mean,
0: now that oil's up, I mean, now people are like, now it's yeah. more like a lot of people are out there. Oh my God, just huge dividends. And you know, they want to give it, even though we owe the CBR $13 billion, there's yeah. a lot of talk now about, Oh, you know, let's 1300 and rebate re- energy rebate dividend. And then, yeah. Another bigger dividend. And- we
1: entered this year with nothing in our savings, literally the minimum balance we need to just maintain yearly cash flows. I mean, you know, pay money out of our accounts and, and meet those flows. I mean, and, and we're now, and and, oh, and 13 billion to the, the CBR, like you said. I mean, and now we're going into possibly having a couple extra billion dollars, maybe even three if oil prices keep going up, although they dipped a little today. I mean, it, it's... Uh, it's a weird situation to be in, but yeah, I, I absolutely do think we we need a fiscal plan. That's something I you know spent the summer working on the fiscal plan working group. I don't want to get too off our conversation about the campaign. Oh yeah, I was gonna, I was going to ask you about that.
0: Remember that first meeting when. Senator Hoffman called you representative I think he <laughs> called you
1: representative <laughs> Well, <Do> you, remember, <laughs> that? you know COVID it, it, <laughs> it, we should talk about this last year too because COVID I mean I think had a dramatic impact on the legislature our ability to get together and meet each other and build those relationships yeah, I mean true. I made great strides in the house and I, I've got great, great working relationships with every one of the house members but I mean there's still senators where I, I haven't had much of an opportunity to converse I mean there's just not the same level of interaction that I think you've seen in previous years and you, even the relation I have built have taken on, you know, they've taken time that f- whole first year. I mean, it was, uh, it was a weird situation. So, I mean, um, your, your first year
0: in Juneau, the yeah. Capitol wasn't even open no, to the no. public. I mean, it was, you know, lobbyists or not lobbyists, uh, you know, staffers and media. And that's pretty much, I mean, people could go out, I guess, and there was some restaurants and things, but even that wasn't as, you know, active as, as in the past.
1: Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, I, I mean, again, there was very little interaction amongst legislators that first year, uh, it, it was a strange situation. And, uh, you know, and, and not to mention the whole masking and, and the vaccines and just the, the virus was a very kind of politicizing, um, you know, issue for us. And, and so I think it just made, made things really tense and, and uh, difficult, but uh, you know, you keep working at it, you keep having those conversations, how, you're how, able to build those relationships and kind of find those things you do have in common and, and build off of that. And I think that's, we're, we're getting back to that, which is good. How, how did that impact, you know, organizing? Cause it took a month again, like in, in
0: same thing in 19, it took a month to organize for the House after the session started. And then after the election, I mean, I'm sure there was attempts to organize and there was this very kind of divided split. Um, And you were brand new to this. So, yeah. I mean, wh- how, how were you navigating? Were you getting some guidance? And then how were you trying to kind of figure out, you know, if we organize, if I'm in the majority, like, what do I get? What do I ask for? I mean,
1: how are you kind of navigating that as a person who didn't have any prior experience? Well, I mean, yeah, I I didn't have any prior experience. And frankly, I still don't know how it really impacted it because I don't, I don't have a baseline to compare it to. I mean, I've only been through one organization process. So, I mean, it's hard to speak to. Um, You know, I'm, I'm, from what I've told you, you typically start those conversations much earlier, but again, we, I think, you know, knowing what the numbers were to be able to organize, it, it took a long time to get the results after the election uh, to actually know what the balance uh, was going to be. Liz Snyder, Lance Pruitt—I mean, Pruitt, I mean that, that our, was held our, up for a while. And we're such a slim majority. I
0: mean, how? <laughs> I don't think we really even knew that, which is weird because Florida had their results pretty, and they're a huge state. Yeah, we didn't. I don't think we were last. Alaska was last to be certified. I mean, it was
1: really. End of November, you know. And, and I think it might have something to do with the fact that, you know, we have to wait for the military absentee and, and all that, and there were some close races. And, and because things are, you know, again, I said we have a slim majority, the, the numbers are so close in the House. I think um, any any uncertainty over just one race I really upset the, the numbers. And so it was – I think everyone was just uh, – Waiting to find out more information to see what was actually plausible or possible uh, so, with respect to organizing, yeah. So you you came out of it pretty, I mean, you were co-chair, co-chair
0: of a few committees, right? Or chair, I think you're yes, chair.
1: Chair of Special Committee on Energy and co-chair of Community and Regional Affairs.
0: So when you, I mean, like, when did it kind of hit you, like, when you were a legislator? Like,
1: was it your first meeting, your first gavel? And When, when did it? Yeah, <laughs> like when it was like, "Fuck, I'm a legislator." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe chairing that first committee, uh, holding that gavel for the first time, and and you know having to move things forward. Um, I don't know. It uh, it's been a pretty surreal experience to be to be frank. Um, well, and you have wild. like uh, Ryan, you're one of your state, He's been around a long oh, time, man. so blessing.
0: I think so, some people, some of these new people win, and then they bring staffers in who've never been a Been there, and I'm looking at that like I used to be. A long time ago, when I first got involved in politics, I was like, we need to throw them out and get all new people. And I've come to this, like, epiphany one day where it's like, you have to have at least enough people that have been around so you, they know, like, the ba- even the basics. Couldn't agree Not, more. Let alone the budget stuff, the very advanced kind of, you know,
1: mechanisms of government and how things work
0: and how things have to be done.
1: Yeah, I, I used to be pretty... Uh you know, on the fence about whether or not there should be term limits, I'm now uh, very much opposed to term limits for that exact reason. I mean, um, yeah, me you, too. you need some of that experience. There's so much to learn as a new legislator. I mean, from the subcommittee process to how bills and, and legislation move through the legislature, um, you know, conference committee, uh, the strategies that are involved there, the rules of the floor, the rules of the committee, how they differ, you know, the, the precedence of those rules. I mean, it's just... I mean, this is my fourth
0: year being down here, like, for the session. It's wild. And I still feel like I'm just gr- starting to beginning to grasp how things, even the small, like you said, some, some conference and how this impacts this and how, like, you know, why this person does this. And if there's, if they're been around or if they're smart enough to understand the maneuver they can do, but most people don't understand. So it's like, and that's just, you know, like procedural stuff, but then there's a bigger stuff that you have to really kind of have a, just knowledge and you have to spend time.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I you know, it, it, there's a lot to learn. And, and that's not to say I'm not picking it up and, and making great strides. And I feel like I'm getting more and more comfortable every day. Uh, but I, I feel very lucky to have Ryan Shonston, uh, you know, uh, Eric Anderson. I mean, I, I have some great staff working for me that uh, have been in the building for a little bit, especially Ryan. I mean, he, he's been through uh, through this a few times. And it, it's tremendously helpful to have someone that can walk you through the budget subcommittee book and be able to walk you through all those just daily questions that you have. I mean, it's just a huge help. I, I were, I, I wonder for some of the other legislators uh it's a difficult process and if you don't have good people working for you um that's a challenge there's a lot to learn
0: so you're one of the younger i mean i guess david nelson's the youngest for sure but you're probably one of I think, the i think i'm number three i think it's uh me then
1: josiah then david nelson is youngest. i had just, he's, I think he's in his 20s too right he's twenties. 28 maybe i'm not sure about so that.
0: you're you're what i was gonna say you're younger you have yeah. you're married do you have a kid kid or do you have any kids do you uh no we're not quite there yet so, so you know we're supposed to have a quote quote unquote citizen legislature, which I I say is nonsense because the legislature does not represent the citizenry. And for the younger people, especially with kids or jobs and and you're, you're, you have a a tutoring, I think tutoring business, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You have a regular job. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's incredibly difficult to manage, frankly. Um, And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a surreal experience. My first year being the longest, uh, legislative session for total you know, legislative year for total days. I mean, you, you lose, uh, frankly, a lot of control of your life, uh, when you're going to be available. You know, I had plans for the year and being able to step back into the business and help see it through, uh, uh, you know, you, you own the business, right? No, so I'm not the owner. I, I actually, uh, it's a long story, but, uh, stumbled into the business, uh, just out of college and fell in love with it. I think great mission, great, uh, yeah, it, it, I keep turning this microphone. That's right. I'm so sorry. So <laughs> it's, like,
0: it's, like, it's, like, it's tutoring, like high school tutoring? Or? Yeah, so
1: it, it's uh, academic tutoring, test preparation, college admissions consulting. So getting students from, you know, uh, late elementary school or middle school through the high school experience, prepared for the SAT or ACT, and then working them through the admissions process. So, you know. The kids do
0: ACT? Because where I grew up, it was like ACT, but yeah. I think some some places do SAT more, is it?
1: I mean, there's there's some differences from state to state, but more or less, it's, it's about an even split, um, you know. We 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 have a lot of data on it. I mean, a third of students uh, don't really show a preference between the two tests. A third of students do better on the SAT. A third of students do better on the ACT. And so, um, you know, it, it just kind of depends on what your student's best at. So we always recommend aren't people figure st- that out and go after the test that's better for them.
0: This is, like, unrelated to the uh, podcast, but aren't some schools now, like, throwing these out?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some some. It seems to be, like, ridiculous. I mean, don't you want to well, measure uh, how I, people? Yeah, I think you want objective measures on that kind of thing. But uh, there, there's some national trends taking place. But, uh, yeah, i it's it's, well, it's the, a whole process so, so the, the question was i mean i think we and i've said this many
0: times and some people think i'm nuts but i think we should pay legislators one hundred and fifty thousand. well uh, Ma- make it a full-time job pay them good money no per diem you know here's your salary you know gotta maybe yeah. maybe
1: maybe limit it to 12 year i don't know some
0: yeah you, you can't have other
1: jobs while you, this is your job I, I don't know what the right number is but uh you know it, it's, it's very difficult to hold down a day job i think it's a lot easier when you have maybe contract work or work that you can easily pick up and, and set down but when yeah you're you're you know, you've been involved with the daily operations of a business. Um, it, it's very difficult to step in and out of that when you're being called in for special session after special session it, you know is really, uh, frankly, out of your control. So, uh, not to mention the fact that you know it's very difficult on the personal relationships. Um, you know, my wife and wife and I have never spent so much time apart. We've spent a ton of our own personal miles uh, flying back and forth. And I know a lot of legislators, you know, use Whoa. office accounts and that sort of things. And there's ways to kind of you know dampen the expense of that. But I mean, for my wife and I, we've 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 put a lot into this. Um, it, it's a lot. So uh, you you, you, fought, you filed you filed your I just saw your yeah. APOC
0: report. You you actually raised I think you raised the second most money after Elise Galvin, who raised over eighty one. She raised a lot, and she kind of yeah. came in at the late and and twenty one. Yeah. But you raised uh, quite a bit. I mean, you, you, almost seventy grand. So I mean, you're you're, you're you're going
1: well. I work hard and uh, I'm fairly efficient. <laughs> no,
0: now, now there has been some talk about you going in the Senate.
1: No, no, I, I tamped that down. Okay, because I asked you about that. <laughs> not running were, for the Senate that event last week. You know? Yeah, you did. You're. I think you were stirring it's something up me, there. Say, it's, <laughs> not, it's
0: not. I'll be honest. It's not me saying people because you. I think you. Because for the folks listening, you can file a letter of intent. You can say House or Senate, or you can say nothing. Yeah. And some people said just to you know because if you say House and something happens and you want to go, you have to give the money back and you have to. But if you keep it open. You can so a lot of people keep it open just to yeah. Case. I mean, it's
1: just it's just smart. Why why narrow yourself down to something? But, you but never know what the future holds. People die. I mean, get sick, lose interest, whatever. You never you know. know what's going to happen. So the, the situation can change. But the uh, but by the, the, day. the 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 districts kind of changed a little bit. So yeah. people people, not me. I mean, people, I, I'm a I report. You know? <laughs> and yet it was you were the first place I heard it. So I don't know. <laughs>
0: oh no, it was it was it was, out, it was out okay there. I mean, okay maybe good. not maybe not. Uh, I get different circles. <laughs> so so you now your district has ch- not changed a. Not, not a bunch, months, but it, right? it's had a
1: slow shift over time. I mean, it, it's still a fairly purple district, and uh, so no, no, not running for the Senate. Uh, you but know, you're, it, you're,
0: I, how much did your House district change with a new map? I mean, is it?
1: Uh, I, I mean, we'll see if the maps stay the same or if the House districts get cracked open. But I, I got really lucky in that sense. It's uh, quite literally the same district. Uh, see, my, my no change. My so I was I was
0: you kept Revac right? Yeah, yeah. So I was used to have Von Imhoff, and, mm-hmm. and the new one I'm with the great Gray Jackson. I kept Tuck, but then. Tuck got paired with Josephson, so
1: yeah, a lot of change. That midtown it, west
0: part changed more, I think, than the.
1: Don't worry, the, only fifty nine races this next year.
0: <laughs> and you know, like I said, there's the you, like you mentioned the mm-hmm. the maps could change with this redistricting and these lawsuits, and I guess the Supreme Court's going to weigh in. So four of those five appealed. Yeah, yeah, a lot of races uh, to be up in the air right now. So, so what's it been like this session? Compared to last, you know, it's open, building's open, there's more people coming in and out, you know, you a year to kind of learn the ropes. I mean, what's what's it like now compared to when you first got in there?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a little more comf- comfort in the day-to-day stuff. Uh, at the same time, it's a lot faster paced. We've got more people in the building. I mean, we're, I'm taking constituent meetings uh, just about every day, or stakeholder groups are coming in to talk about this or that bill. Uh, you know, legislators are stopping by and talking to each other a lot more, which is great you know, from what I've heard, again, I don't have a baseline, but, you know, from what I've heard, people used to, you know, whip votes and talk about their legislation and, and go talk to people about it and hear their concerns before committee and everything else. And last year, because of COVID, I mean, there was so little communication. I think a lot of that didn't happen. You'd see bills for the first time in committee, or you'd hear about amendments for the first time in committee. And this year, I mean, you're constantly interacting with, again, stakeholders or legislators or constituents and talking about these issues that are coming up. The legislators are talking to each other more. Um, and so a faster paced, I feel like it's a more, healthy environment this year to some extent, although there's some election year tension. Um, but, uh, and, and you know, to some extent, I I feel like I kind of am able to map it out a little bit better, which is uh, certainly uh, a nice feeling compared to that first year where you're really just, I mean, your head's spinning on a swivel. Mm-hmm. You never knew you could be so tired just sitting in a committee room, just being bombarded with information and trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with that information and how you impact the budget. I mean, it's just, it's so much to learn. And it's a whole nother language too. Um, you know, <laughs> what, what, what's unrestricted general fund and how does that differ from all the different types of designated funds and how are those different than other funds? And what are the implications of all that? No, you can't, you know, allocation that's versus that, appropriation. I mean, it's just, that's that's the there's, thing so is, there's much. only, there's only
0: a really handful of people who really understand all that shit. Yeah. Like really have a really solid grasp of it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's power, you know, it's information is power, knowledge is power. And it really is, is when, you know, when it comes to how the, how the state budget works. Yeah. Um, so you're in the very small majority, 21, 21 members, which is the bare minimum. I'm sure you're aware, like in the past, some of the Republic they're 30 or, you know, 28. <laughs> so, I mean, what's it been like? I mean, if anybody's missing one person, that, that can basically prevent a quorum. If the minority doesn't want to cooperate, I mean, that, that must be in itself a whole different, you know, like I said, compared to some of these previous majorities where there was like, like literally 30 people. You know, it's <laughs> like they have the votes to do anything.
1: Yeah, it uh, requires a lot of communication, a lot of working together, um, a lot of a lot of patience, a lot of understanding. Um, you know, we, we all can't do what we want to do all the time. I mean, lots of us have good ideas for things we'd like to start and new programs or uh, different ways of funding or restructuring or different views about the Department of Health and Social Services, for example. I mean, there, there's all sorts of differing opinions and all sorts of different things that we want to do. And the reality is you're limited to the numbers you have. So, you know, you got to work within that envelope of, of what's possible and uh, just deal with it, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you don't, you don't. You were on the you mentioned before. You were on the um, working the fiscal working group. Yeah. And there was a bun- bunch of uh, ideas that came out of that, or recommendations, and nothing's been adopted. We're in election year. My view is nothing's nothing substantive is going to be adopted. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Is just going to be some kind of like nice big budget that makes a lot of people happy, and there's probably a bigger dividend, and then it gets pushed down. To next session or next next year? I said I'm figuring things out.
1: I don't have a, you know, crystal ball or if, anything. If you so. had to, based on kinda of what you're seeing <laughs> and what you're Yeah, I don't know. Um first lesson I learned in the legislature is everything changes by the minute. And uh, political realities can change just in a flash. So I, I don't want to fortune tell it too much. I'd, I'd like to see a plan. Um, again, we've got all this money coming in, but what happens if the price of oil drops again? I mean, we, we've got a structural deficit. We have no way to pay for state services if the if the floor drops out from under us again. I mean, that, that's concerning. We just, we just don't fucking learn because it happened in the 80s. Yeah. There was a crash. The yep. price of oil went
0: down to like, you know, there was 2 million barrels, but the price of oil went way down. Okay, it goes back up. The Gulf, first Gulf War, you know, this kind of goes up and down. Then it goes, then it goes, it goes, we're in trouble again. And then it shoots up in 08, 09, right? We get saved again, save all that money. And then we're back here again, where we're, like you said, we're at the bare minimum and the CBR billion dollars. Now the price goes up again.
1: Maybe, maybe we get a bunch more money, right? But we just don't never, we never learn. Yeah. And if we spend it all now and we don't put it back in savings, we have no glide path. Again, if, if the money disappears, we don't have any revenue this, these next couple of years. I mean, where's that savings account at this point? We burned through $13 billion. I mean, that, that's a staggering amount of money. Um, we we should have we had time to act and we didn't. And I think that, it was actually more than that when you it, count, when you
0: count the SBR. I think it's more like almost like eighteen like yeah. seventeen billion. Yeah, yeah. Making it years. worse. Prove, <laughs> that
1: that that's, that's exactly my Which point. Is like so, so much
0: money. I mean, it's like so much
1: money. Yeah. So we we talk about how we've got all these extra billions of dollars this year, but I mean. That, that's not even one year's operating, uh, you know, uh, uh, monies. I mean, what, what are you going to do if if the revenue dries up again? If if the price of oil drops, what, what are we going to do to to be able to 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 get get to a place where we can actually pay for state services? You, if you want to, if, if taxes are the route you're going to go, that that takes time to Im- implement. If you're, I mean, I mean, it's just so we're, this, we're this, setting ourselves up for failure if we don't don't store stash some of this away and, and put in place a fiscal plan.
0: This working group came up with a lot of recommendations, yeah. and, and it was kind of non-binding, and it was. You know it was you, it was it was Levin Hoffman, Shelley Hughes, mm-hmm. um was McCabe no was it McCabe? No. Yeah, McCabe was was on there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so it was, I mean, it was eight people, I think, right? It was yeah. pretty broad. It was we,
1: we had literally the most uh Republican representative in the legislature and the most Democratic senator, uh at least with respect to their districts in the legislature on that working group. It was quite the experience.
0: <laughs> and these and these recommendations came out of it. Yeah. And I think in the, I mean there was this thing Andrew Halcro gave me from like 20 some years ago is, it was called the the fiscal policy caucus or that was, what was it called? It was called the, I think it was a fiscal policy caucus. And it was like Lisa Murkowski was involved in a Halcro, a bunch of these people. And It was pretty much identical. Yeah, They did a report and this is back in 2000, 2000 when the, you know, when they almost couldn't pay a dividend
1: and it was like the same exact,
0: I mean, everything's the same minus the years and the numbers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, well, I mean, I think there's a reality that, there's a certain level of state service that you depend on that you need as a state. Uh, you know, we can all have different ideas about the scope and size of government, but I think there are certain essential su- services, you know, public safety for one, that we all depend on. And if you don't have revenue, what are you going to do about it? You got to have something that comes from the people that pays for those state services that they receive. And I think not only out of necessity, but I think it's a good thing. I mean, last couple of weeks, I've actually heard uh, some of the Republican members of the the state house talking about this. You know, how are you going to tie the growth of government or the scope of government to the needs of the people, right? Something I said my entire campaign long is we, we need a budget that matches the needs of the Alaskan people, not one based off the Price of a barrel of oil—it's—it's it's not logical. It's not reasonable. I mean, if you have ten people in your society, you're going to need a much different level of government than if you have hundred people. And if we're just doing it off the price of a barrel of oil, there's no, there's nothing that ties you to the, the needs of the people. And if you do something like a sales tax or an income tax, it bases the, it, it puts that amount of revenue. It ties it to the the productivity of the economy, the the size of the the population. I mean, there there's a logical. There, there's a logical ramp up and ramp down of government, and we don't have that in Alaska. Instead, we just we just look to the look to the oil market. Uh, that's well, and, a challenge. And, I
0: mean, luckily, since six, since the POMV passed, before the the POMV, the, the draw on the on the permanent fund, it was it was all based on. I mean, it was like ninety percent of revenue was oil based. Um, while so while still oil still has a big you know plays a big factor. Yeah. The the, the POMV, I mean, kind of stabilizes that a little bit. So we know we're gonna get three billion this year and three point three billion next year, and that's just kinda of what we're gonna get. Yeah. Um so it, it it's it's better, I think, but it's still I mean, obviously, you know, when the price goes down to nothing, we're screwed when now it's hundred and twenty, we're getting a big windfall. Well it it's a
1: smoothed source of revenue. So even though the stock market, like the price of oil, fluctuates up and down pretty dramatically in, in you know, that causes a lot of volatility. I mean, at least with the permanent fund, we have the smoothing mechanism, you know, you average it over those years. So I mean, that that's a huge advantage. But not only that, it diversifies our economy. It's it's one of our greatest diversification success stories in Alaska. I remember being in middle school and hearing all the time, oh, we've you know, reading in the paper or hearing teachers or parents talk about we need to diversify our economy in Alaska. That's how we're going to solve our problems. You know, 27 years later, uh, we, we've had very few successes there. Marijuana industry, uh, you know, mariculture, those have had successes. I mean, I mean, they're contributing real amounts of money to our economy, but there's no great new source of revenue or no great new industry other than the permanent fund, which is a—if you think about it—a financial, uh, in, uh, you know, a financial industry that we've developed in our when, state. When, whenever
0: I, I moved here in 04, and same thing, you hear diversify the economy all the time, all and the I think time. that's great to for jobs and things. But whenever I hear diversify the economy, I I typically kind of like get nervous and, and think like, how much money do they need from the state? Mm-hmm. You know, most of this thing is diverse, quote unquote, diversifying the economy. Or economic development, like they want money from the, which sometimes is good. You know, sometimes that's a good thing. It creates jobs, it creates investment. But but it's not
1: like money to the state. It's it, it, money it's, out of the state. It's something to strive for, to but it, it's not some known amount of money that you're just going to be able to create in perpetuity. You know, that you're you're going to be able to depend on as a state it doesn't work. I mean, again, we should we should create a a, a a you know regulatory structure and the infrastructure necessary to help these business businesses flourish and and create these new industries, but. Um, you know, again, we've been talking about this for a long time and through Republican administrations, through Democratic <laughs> administrations, where, where's the diversification been? I mean, again, there's there certain limitations to where we are as a state and, and the economies and industries that, that can succeed here. Um, you know, again, when, when it comes to a fiscal plan, when it comes to how we budget, what, what, what can we actually depend on? What do we know is something that, that is realistic, um, just pinning our hopes and dreams on diversified economy or something else, uh, price of barrel of oil. Um, man, it, it, uh, hasn't worked for, has not
0: worked well for us. (laughs) Well, sometimes it works and then, you know, then it goes down and then we're like, we don't, we don't, you know, I think there's a bumper sticker a long time ago in the eighties. It's like, give us another, another boom. We won't piss it away. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned before the, the APOC donations. Uh So right now the, the court ruled last year against the Alaska's limits. And then the APOC kind of got involved, the staff and said something that, a lot of people thought was weird they imposed their own limits of 1500 and the commission struck that down last week and now it's which sounds nuts it's unlimited contributions to candidates from individuals unless the legislature yeah the bill. Now you have there's a couple of bills floating i think you have one of the bills right yeah yeah i've got a bill
1: um came out of state of fear so it's in rules now ready for the house floor and uh it uh, moves us to a per campaign contribution limit, 2,000 dollars per campaign. So gets rid of that reset on December 31st. That's one of the things the courts really don't like is those annual contribution limits. Um, and then it it's always up weird, because day. if you
0: file on December 31st, you get or December 30th or something, right? You have a couple days you, yeah. you have some big inherent advantage of the guy who files two days later.
1: Yeah, well, well, not so much, you know, filing. It just, it, one, it doesn't make sense that a donation on January 1st should have any difference to yes. the candidate as the donation on December 31st. You know, if I file on December 30th, I'm probably not going to get many donations in that, you know, day window, two-day window. But if I file ahead of time, which just about every incumbent does, uh, you know, you're able to start collecting that you really early and effectively have a much larger donation camp cause you, cap because you can use both. I mean, your, I've your, run a couple times. Yeah. It's, it's nice when you get those 500s. And, oh, yeah. You know, 20, oh, yeah. 20, whatever, seven, you know, you go back the next year, hey, yeah, I'll take 500 again. <laughs> so yeah, the court, courts really don't like that because it, it puts the challenger at a huge disadvantage. And and also when it, when it comes to contribution limits and, and restricting those, the courts have said that really the only reasonable reason, the, the only legally justifiable reason to restrict those contributions is to avoid corruption. And how does a donation on January 1st have more of a corrupt, corrupting influence than a donation on December thirty first. It, it's just it doesn't make any sense, and so um, it, that was one of the first things uh, that I thought to. So yours is two thousand as a per
0: per camp, is, it, is the house, the Senate more than House, or is it just two thousand?
1: No, it's just two thousand across the board, uh, governor. Since uh, that that's a joint campaign, that it's increased for the governor, but uh, yeah, for 4, for, for House, Senate, and uh, Assembly races um, or municipal races, it's two thousand per campaign. Really simple, just per, for per, inflation per person. Per person, for, uh, in, uh, adjust for inflation uh, every ten years, matching with uh, redistricting. So all the changes take place at the same time. I think we overcomplicate things sometimes. I think you know, I, I talk to voters uh, or possible donors. I mean, they don't they don't know what the donation limit is half the time, or what the rules are. If we have a different level for every you know type of race that we have in Alaska, and you know we're adjusting for inflation every couple years, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going to be I mean, nobody's there, ever going to know what the there, rules there, are. There's only I'm guessing maybe a thousand people in the state
0: who, who are, who know, who, who yeah. write, write the, write the, you know, maximum donations. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty, I mean, you can go on APOC, you can kind of see the regular yeah. suspects, but then there's a lot of people, you know, they make it 50 bucks or hundred, doesn't matter. But, um,
1: yeah, yeah, so my, you, my approach for the bill is just take as narrow approach as possible, fix this gaping hole that we now have in in our, you know, campaign finance laws in Alaska. Um, keep it as simple as possible and, and narrow as possible. I, I think that, that's our best uh, approach this year. And, you know, there's all sorts of other campaign finance changes that could could be made. But uh, let's save that for so another year and just fix this this issue where we have unlimited contributions coming into our has state. Has the bill changed
0: much since you've gone through the committees?
1: So, uh, actually, the only change is, is one that I... Uh, Frankly, supported, which was going to per campaign. So uh, when my bill ri- originally started, it was per year. Mm-hmm. But
0: um, so let's yeah. say if it passes the House, what do you? What are you? What are your thoughts on what might happen? Because well, I think a lot, a lot of legislators, in my view, want to resolve this because you guys can't raise money right now. Your opponents can raise money, and that's a problem. But also, yeah. just the idea of—I mean, people argue you can give PACs unlimited money or like independent ex- expenditures, which is true. But I've run those things, and I mean, that, that, there's a. Process of setting it up, getting people involved, doing the report. I mean, it's not just something you can just give money to. I mean, yeah. th- and to, to some in the ether. I mean, you have to set it up, run it. You know, it's it's difficult. I mean, it's it's not it's not difficult, but I mean, it's it's there, there's there's a lot of barrier compared to just giving you 15 grand and say here
1: you go calvin have a good time you know good luck yeah well so i think you're you're right uh, to some extent there is some extra motivation to do something since legislators can't can't raise money right now i, I think the bigger issue though is just that it's, it's unlimited money into our state right now and, and you're right i mean technically you can already do unlimited money for the most part i mean well you can do unlimited but, but, money but you, to independent but, expenditures but you also can't
0: but the thing is you can't coordinate yeah and, exactly and i think some people might you know break the rules i like, but but when I did it, I was very, like, I wouldn't even be in the room. So if I give, if you know, I eat 50 grand, you can't coordinate with me. You can't talk to me. If I give you 50 grand, I can say, Calvin, or whoever it yeah. is, Calvin, hey, buddy,
1: I gave you 50,000. And, and the courts have, have opined that, that that does make a difference. The lack of coordination does make a difference. I mean, I, I think the idea, of, I, I mean, fr- frankly, Alaskans have weighed out uh, weighed in, uh, very strongly that they want contribution limits, that they matter to them. The last uh, ballot measure that there was to putting the, putting the cap at 500, that passed with 73% of the vote. There's not a lot of issues where you see 73% of the voters supporting well, something. and was also after, I think, VICO,
0: right? After the cor- corruption well, so, so, scandal. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm going to have to go back and double check. But there was a second ballot. Uh, the, the original ballot measure, I think, was in response to a, a – there was – a five hundred dollar limit that the first time the five hundred dollar limit was put in place, it was in response to a ballot measure that was very quickly gaining signatures. And I can't remember if it was that if that was in response to Vico or if it was the second ballot I think it was because was about, I think before VICO. Vico was a thousand. But either way, I mean during both both times that it was attempted, the ballot measures were doing extremely well. And I think again, reinforced that idea that Alaskans want contribution limits. The idea that we're gonna have, you know, outside individuals dumping fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollars into a candidate's campaign account. I mean, how does that not have an influence on the candidate or, you know, the possible or a potential legislator? I I think that's hugely concerning. I I don't think Alaskans want that. Um, You know, this Turo bill, Turo bill that (laughs) has been in the legislature this week. I mean, name any company or or corporation that has a bill before the legislature. I mean, you look at the testimony that we've seen in the courts, legislators have uh, stated on the record that they feel the influence that they have if, in, if, in if, some instances they've actually been told that there will be donations coming your way if you vote this way tur- I and mean, that's tur- in the record if uh, turo
0: gives ten thousand dollars to five people or to ten, because you know i believe i mean i read the law i think i don't know what you think they owe the, they owe the ten yeah, percent tax I, they I, owe it. I i agree mean, the law, so okay there it's, it's a different um technology and it's peer-to-peer okay maybe they need to change the law whatever I'm 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 fine with Updating laws based on technology. But right now it says 10% tax. They don't pay it. They won't give the information to the state. They've basically said, fuck you. We're not going to, there's a subpoena they tried to do in 2018 that they ignored. And then the judge said, in Alaska, we can't enforce a subpoena because they're a, first it was too broad, but second of all, they're a Delaware, a California company. Yeah. So, so, (laughs) so I mean, they, they dropped 50 or hundred grand in the race. I mean, mean, if they're
1: doing a million dollars a year, for example, we don't don't know the numbers, but that's a hundred grand a year. So think about it. Legislators have said on the record that they've been approached by lobbyists or corporations and said you'll get donations if you uh, vote this way on the bill and you have uh, very real issues coming before the legislature where people or corporations or other uh, industry groups have a real financial interest in whatever's before the legislature that could, I mean, frankly, and I'd like to think that no legislator would accept the donation, but frankly, these corporations uh, could be dumping money straight into these accounts. Well, and so, right now we have unlimited contributions. Well, sometimes I, mean, I think it's
0: just nuts. Sometimes it's that what you talk about. But it's, sometimes it's also it's if you don't, you know, if you don't do this or vote this way, we're going to dump money into your opponent's
1: campaign. <laughs> that happens too. You know, same. I mean, it's, it's in the record. I mean, legislators have testified to these sorts of uh, you know conversations that they've had with folks. I, I, I think the pressure, only, I think I think the only
0: way to deal with that kind of thing ever is if somebody came, came if I was ever in that position, I would say, um, thank you. Appreciate your time. And then I'd go on the, you know, I'd go publicly say what they did. I mean, yeah. you just say tell them to go fuck themselves, because the fact that people think they can control somebody when, as soon as they get somebody gets their hooks in you. It doesn't matter if it's business or politics, or whatever. Once the hooks are in, they
1: they, they know. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> let's go back to that uh, experience issue of the legislature. Let, let's say I'm a freshman in the legislature, like I am now. There's some there's some lobbyists or corporate representatives or stakeholder groups that have a lot of experience and a lot of a lot of sway in in, in our state and in the community. I mean. Who, Am I going to just run out to the front steps and say, "Hey, I've been approached or bribed by this person"? I mean, I'd like to think people would believe me. I, I think people can be put in some very difficult situations. Well, and I'd and rather and the, the, I, the, 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 these people
0: these people are very savvy. They don't say, yeah, exactly. hey, Calvin, here's you know, it's here's it's very it's are very some some of the you see them testify sometimes or just they're very smart and savvy
1: in the way they word things and so I'd rather know. I'd rather put in some contribution limits that reduce the risk of that. Frankly, I I mean, it's a simple solution right there. So do you think it goes, I mean, uh,
0: because the governor's kind of, I mean, he hasn't said he's going to veto it, but he's basically come out and said he's against, he's against limits.
1: Well, I think when 73% of voters support contribution limits, I think, you know, the governor's going to do what he's going to do. But I I think this is good for Alaska. I think Alaskans recognize that. um, And uh, I would hope that we would put some limits on that out of state money. Is there a Senate? I mean, I think Bill Wilkowski has a bill, right? Uh, yeah. So Senator, uh, Kawasaki and, and Bill Wilkowski, uh, both have, uh, bills in the Senate. Yeah. I think they're, uh, I think they're waiting to be heard in Senate state affairs. But if yours passes the
0: house, yours could be potentially the vehicle where yeah. it goes to the Senate and then, they, you know, they're yeah, going to well, do what I mean, they're going to do and there be be a conference, but...
1: Well, uh, all I can do is uh, push the bill as hard as I can and see where it goes uh, so I can continue to look my voters in the eye and tell them I did my best to get a bill through. And we'll see how far it gets, but uh, I'm, I'm going to do my best to put contribution limits in place.
0: What do you think about, you know, sometimes, and you have to kind of be here to realize how this works, but I mean, you can introduce a bill. And this happens sometimes. It's rare, but it can happen. You can introduce a bill and it gets so changed or it gets so altered that by the time it comes to the floor, you're I mean you're against your own bill I mean it's possible <laughs> it is you know it's where, where they think the the number of votes right and the committees and all that so yeah. normally in a majority like when there's un- enough
1: controls in place that's not going to happen well but, I, but it, that that absolutely can happen and there's a lot of risks and quagmires and, and pitfalls to fall into in the legislature um, there's people going have, back to things there's, there's to people learn that have voted against their own bills oh yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> things can get a little uh get a little sideways pretty quick but Um, you know, I've, I've worked really hard to, uh, be someone that focuses on just common sense, uh, bipartisan issues. And, you know, I, I, it's my honest, uh, and sincere hope that, uh, we can push this through without too much, uh, too much change, so that we can address uh, this very concerning gigantic gaping hole that we have in our campaign well, finance I, I, in Alaska. I don't think it's going to serve anyone to have unlimited contributions coming into our state. You know, I, Alaskans, we we like to think we have our own unique identity. Uh, I I don't think we want that out of state money coming in. So uh, ho- hopefully we can well, just keep even, pushing. Even this in, even in state, I mean, there's people in state that have a lot of money that oh, want to, oh, yeah. you know,
0: give somebody twenty grand or fifty, whatever it might be. And um, I I hope they pass something meaningful. I mean, I think 500 is too low. Two thousand seems pretty re- reasonable. I mean, that's well, most know, people aren't giving that much, but th- there are there are some that do. So it's good. To,
1: and if you think about my two thousand dollar per campaign contribution limit, and you bring it back to being a yearly contribution limit like it used to be, so let's say it's a thousand dollars that's right in the middle of where it was and where APOC, you know, put it. It's, it's between oh. the 500 and the 1500. I mean, it's just, it, it's a, it's a good place. It's constitutionally valid. It's not so low that the courts are going to scrutinize it. It it weathers the, the inflationary period or the, you know, the effects of inflation over those 10 years. Um, and, and I, frankly, I think that talking to other legislators, I think that's the amount where everyone feels comfortable. Um, you know, I, I, I think most legislators can be comfortable with the fact that, you, you know, much further beyond 2000, and you start to have a real concern about Alaskans, you know, either perceiving there to be corruption or there actually being corruption taking place. At the same time, it makes sure that those that want to contribute and exercise their vote voice in the state are able to do so uh, without themselves being scrutinized for trying to buy a vote or buy a legislator.
0: Well, you, I mean, you 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 know, who hates these unlimited contributions the most. Who's that? Uh, rich people and lobbyists, because. Now, if you're in a lobby, because lobbyists can give to people in their district. Now, instead of going to somebody and saying, hey, I need 500, hey, I need 5,000. I need, 5, well, need 10,000. You know, I think even some of those people are. If you're, if, you're <laughs> if you're rich, if you have a lot of money, you do not like this thing because the most before it was like, here's five hundred bucks, have a good time. Well, you like, know, I, I think c- even some of party. Those,
1: I think even some of those people want contribution limits because they, they like being able to tell someone, no, I've already hit the cap, no more money for you. That's, <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I that's what I'm oh, saying. No, okay, good. They, <laughs> they they hate it. Because if
0: there's no limits, somebody can go to them and try, oh, yeah, try to shake yeah, yeah, them yeah, down. Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's yeah. what I was saying. It's oh, like yeah, we're on the people same page. with money and, and, and lo- lobbyists who, you know, because they can give the folks who live in their district. Yeah. Um I've they've <clears> talked to me and they said this is fucking horrible. And people are people people are gonna start asking me for huge checks yeah where before 500 or a thousand what i can't wait to see is in july when those 30-day reports come out how many people between i guess last week and whenever if something changes how many people are taken in 10 20 30 mean, i mean i wonder who the record is going to be for the largest single you know
1: donation yeah well uh you know I, I i would hope that there aren't too many people out there taking those uh above the limit or you know, just excessive contributions. Again, I, oh, I'm I, sure there will be, I, I'm sure there will be some of those, but, uh, you know, I hope that most people don't. And, um, I mean, if
0: somebody came, if somebody mailed you a check for $25,000, what would you do? I would probably return it.
1: I I, I don't think, really? I, yeah, I, I, you know, Oh, deposit that
0: sucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, If you they start calling you and saying, Hey Calvin, that, I gave that, you 25, you know, no, what?
1: no, I, I, that saves me from a lot of, uh, a lot of phone calls, fundraising calls that I'd have to make. I know nobody really likes those. Uh, I think they're okay. They're not the worst I've done worse, but, uh, no, those are tough. You know, frankly, again, the courts have said you can limit those donations for either actual to avoid actual corruption or even the appearance of corruption. And I think that's a recognition that, you know, the legislature it's, it's a seat of power in, in government. Um, you don't want that undue influence. You don't you, you can't have that body be poisoned. And I think just the just just a twenty five thousand dollar donation itself, whether it's legal or not, whether I can accept it or not. I think I think it really sours the public's view of the legislature. Hey, it w- does
0: Please tell me you would at least send twenty three back.
1: Keep you know. that is exactly what I would do. too. two. I mean, I'm not crazy. <laughs> keep <it> two. There's <laughs> a little rebate. Yes. No. That 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 is uh, that's probably the path I would take.
0: No, absolutely. So we're okay. So we're about halfway through the quote unquote ninety day, but it's. Mm-hmm. I think everybody agrees we're going to go to one twenty. So I mean, we're mid May, and um, I guess what do you what do you think? I think uh, we got a lot
1: of work uh, <laughs> ahead of us. The budget us. still yeah. hasn't passed the
0: House. I mean, the subcommittees have wrapped up. And yeah, and I mean,
1: we're we're on a normal timeline. I mean, we're doing better than last year, and um, I think I think we're going to get done by the the one twenty one. Um, so, I mean, we're we're you want to do your due diligence and, and follow the process, and and those subcommittees, uh, you know, they do serve a purpose, and I think it's important to go through that process of of meeting with the department heads and and going through all that. Um, so, you know, it, it takes a certain amount of time, but I, 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 think we're all cognizant that, um, you know, we, we need to get there by 121. special sessions, aren't going to serve anyone. Uh, people, you know, Alaskans don't like the cost and, uh, we don't want to be there, especially not during an election year. So let's, let's get our work done and, and keep marching towards that end date.
0: So what's your plans? So or your plan is if it finishes in you know, mid-May, you go back and then you're back basically and it's a whole nother topic, but now you're in this new campaign, mm-hmm. the single primary ranked choice. So mm-hmm. you're, I mean, you're, you're going you're going for the, uh, so you, the state, a lot of the state house races, I think, are probably only going to have, some of them are only going to have three or four people. Mm-hmm. So you're not really, like in yours right now, I mean, there's been a few people that have filed, but there's, there's Janice un- and Forrest. Yeah, but it's unclear what they're doing. Are they doing house? They have, I think Forrest left it, up, or Jay, whatever his name, fucking new name, but I think they left it open. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's unclear. But so far, I mean, more people could jump in, but probably safe to say you're going to have four, maybe five, I mean, no more than six.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think many. I, you know, I, I, it's hard enough to find people to run. So um, not everyone wants to be a legislator. It's difficult. And your you, life is scrutinized. You give up a lot. So no, I, I don't think you'll get uh, that many people running
0: in that many races. You ran last time in the as independent Democratic primary. Mm-hmm, yeah. but now you're just in this open kind of primary. So yeah. is that, how about that? as that change your... Um, strategy
1: at all or your kind of outlook on the, on the race? Oh, no, like I said, I, I mean, I, I ran a real honest, genuine campaign and I, I just put it all out there and I'll, I'll do the same thing this time. Um, so no, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I think ranked choice probably helps me to a small degree. Um, but, uh, it doesn't change my election strategy. I mean, my, my strategy was essentially just again, you know, be myself and knock on as many doors as I could, uh, and, and raise the money to get the message out. So that, that's my plan for this go around is just do it again. So you got
0: session probably ends in May, then you yeah. got all summer to campaign and you got the fall, then let's see re reelection, you got to go back to June. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, people don't realize how much, I mean, it's really, really easy to make fun of legislators and it's you know, hard, you know, it's really easy to kind of, um, mock you know, public yeah. officials, but it, it's, it's a really hard, um, it's it, a real,
1: it's a really hard gig. No, it's a hundred percent. I mean, it, it really is, um hundred percent. And for some of the reasons I've said, and, and for a whole host of other reasons too. But I mean, it, at the same time, I, I I talked to a legislator recently. They, they said they uh, hate their job. <laughs> I mean, they said that to me. Uh, and fr- frankly, I, I, like I got where and, they are. I, I bet you a thousand bucks they run again.
0: Well, I, so I, many people say that, but then they,
1: well, I, I believe they do, uh, or I believe they will, but you know, I, I, uh, I understood where they were coming from because it is a difficult job, but I, 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 I felt bad for them because it, while there is a lot that's difficult, it, it's a great honor to be in the legislature and to represent your neighbors and your constituents and oftentimes your family members and friends, um, to be in the committee rooms and on the floor, being able to vote on, frankly, the future of our state, be able to advocate for a, a, a fiscal policy, a fiscal plan. I mean, to be able to, to be a part of that process. Have you done any um, introductions this year? Uh Yes, I did do a few introductions. Guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple of students uh, come up from service in South High School and was able to introduce them. They were down here advocating for education funding. So, no, it, it, uh <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, just being able to to be a part of that process. Um, you know, one of those students was just starstruck by the whole legislative process. And I was able to share some of the legislature with them and explain how bills move. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> there's really, schoolhouse I mean, rock and then there's actually being a part of it and being in the Capitol. And, and uh, it is really special.
0: It's really nice. Now seeing people back, now the masks are off, thank oh, God. Yeah. So it's a you know,
1: go in there today, I was in there and you, know, you see all these people. It's a big difference.
0: It's uh, I mean, I, I did get kind of comfortable in that public lounge though last year <laughs> before I had my office. I mean, that was pretty much my office.
1: <laughs> Nobody ever came in there. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, th- there were some, s- some limited benefits to COVID. I mean, <laughs> get all, all of us getting better with technology and knowing how to jump on a Zoom meeting. I think that, you know, in- increases some access for some people. And oh, I've,
0: become, I've become a Zoom whiz. I mean, I do my oh, book yeah. club and obviously the meetings i mean I've, I've
1: i can spotlight
0: i can do i mean i can i've really oh yeah anybody ever needs a zoom lesson call me. Don't call me, but I guess maybe call me.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a big open invitation there, isn't yeah, it? I now, should I'd, probably
0: redact that. So.
1: No. So, I mean, there, there's a few small benefits from being able to do Zooms and, and that sort of thing. Um, being able to post up in the lounge and have the spot to yourself. I mean, there were some small advantages, but, uh, no, I'm, I'm like you, I'm really happy to have the masks off and be able to, uh, interact more normally, have the building and, uh, you know, have the Capitol open to the public and have people constituents be able to come in and meet in the office. Um, able to meet with other legislators face-to-face, I mean, it's just, it makes all the difference. Uh, it, it's so hard to, to communicate effectively uh, or, or to be able to persuade others through text message or through Zoom. I mean, yep. there's just such a loss of that that human interaction and the connection and your ability to to, to just have a have a conversation with someone. Um, There's a disconnect on Zoom and I think that makes it hard. So it's been just, uh, I think, refreshing to all of us. Um, And again, I I actually, again, I don't have a baseline to compare it against, but I I feel like, um, you know, uh, th- this year is actually going better in some respects, uh, especially given the circumstances, than prior years uh, where it's an election year and everyone's at each other's throats trying to get wins. I, yeah, it feels kind of. I, I feel like everyone kind of has this air of just like, man, it's 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 good to. It, it almost has that first year
0: feel because um, it just. It almost feels too like not. It doesn't seem like a big sense of urgency. It just especially now, people are kind of. Aren't you on Energy Council? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You didn't go? Or? No, I mean, there, there's so That's a where lot. Bert and there. I think, talked to, they went to
1: Well, I think one of the East advantages D.C. of having some experience is uh, you, you don't <laughs> – I, I kind of need to be there for every presentation and every day and every meeting because I got a lot to learn. So, um, you know, I'm, I, am i would like to take more of those opportunities, but this, You're this go, first, you got to go to a trip to DC. I, I know. <laughs> well, you know, it's not about the trip. I, I mean, honestly, I, 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 enjoy this work and I want to do a good job for my constituents. And so I'm trying to learn all I can and be as effective as I can. And I, there's a lot to gain from the energy council. And I hope to be able to do uh, one of the trips this summer, but, um, I, I feel like I need to be in Juneau. I, I haven't, I missed a floor vote that I'm aware of yet, or you know, I, I take taking very few trips home because I, I I'm I want to be here doing this work. Um, and that's uh,
0: so really, you know, a lot of people you can see, you, you're there. You see yeah. who doesn't show up. A lot of people don't show up. Sometimes they miss votes and yeah. So well, um, last thing I want to um, last thing before we go, I got to ask you about the the famous kind of Mel Gillis, uh, Calvin troggi the running debate. Oh yeah. <laughs> What about it, man? <laughs> well, afterwards, uh, somebody did like a video, and it was just, and Mel was real brief. I, mean, it was, it was like, like, I think the way it was whenever I see him, we joke about it when he's like, they ask him what's cool about school, about debt reimbursement, and he was like, you know, and he was like, and I think Nat hers was like, should we, you know, the governor vetoed it, should we do that? He's like, nope. And that's like, uh, what do you, like, do you want to elaborate? He's like, well, hell, we're well, broke. You know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> Your you know? face was like, oh, my. This guy, fucking uh, having serious. spent
1: two years in the legislature, there's something to being succinct, so I can, I can appreciate that. Now, I mean, I, after that happened, he must have been like, Wow, like that was I mean, it was so, like, you know. Well, again, I uh, I, I, I think I was uh, pretty activated and, and energized. Uh, you were, I
0: mean, it was like two different, it was well, two very different approaches to that. Well, again, I, I was fired up, um, and it was and for the folks listening, it was Zoom, so yeah. that's why it wasn't like it was way different, but then Mel was very um, succinct, as you say, and you, and you, you know, you had a, a very different approach to it. And it was just, I think somebody did the little, you know, the video compilation at the end and it was,
1: yeah, again, was, I, and I don't think it's a lack of his understanding of the issues or being passionate about them. I think just two different styles. Uh and oh yeah, you know, I yeah. again, I was um I I was and still am fired up about about this work. I mean, I I, I enjoy learning about these issues and yeah, you know, everything that's in front of our state and have a lot of thoughts and feelings about that and um you know, again, I was just putting myself out there and I I think that energy and uh uh hopefully care. Well, it was and, a Yeah, was I hope de- it showed.
0: Definitely a memorable campaign.
1: So. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, so it I, was
0: it was fun. So it was great seeing you, Representative Shrogi. Thanks for coming in and doing the podcast. And I guess, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll uh, folks listening, we're going to see you at some point in Anchorage, and then it's going to be a busy summer. So
1: Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Okay, appreciate you coming in, Representative Shrogi And folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.